Welcome to Enbus Talks, a podcast focusing on Norwegian business in Singapore and Asia, where we take the lead on innovation, new technology, and new solutions. Because Norway means business. With your host, Anders Hegre, Executive Director at the Norwegian Business Association in Singapore. Welcome to Enbus Talk. Today, we are so lucky. We have with us Jeffrey Gway from Singapore General Hospital and Ann-Kristin Rotegård from VAR Healthcare. And with me, as always, the co-host of Enbus Talks, Mr. Paul Kastman, Director of Innovation Norway Singapore. Paul, how have you been since last time we recorded an episode of Enbus Talks? Uh, well, I've been busy in my home office, I guess. It's a webinar galore, as it is for most people these days. And then, of course, uh, with the intermittent uh, childcare um, in there as well. How about yourself? Yeah, much of the same. We are two grown-ups working and one child formally on vacation. So that is uh, both a challenge, but it's also very nice. So, um, but I'm in my experience here at Endos, it is really great with those webinars because the threshold of getting great minds together is so low. And um, today we have an example of that and we will go directly to our guests. First to you, I'm Christine Erutegor. You are manager of VAR Healthcare. Tell us a little, what is VAR? What does it mean? And <laughs> what is VAR Healthcare as a company? Yeah, uh, the, the name VAR is, is actually um, named after a, a Nordic goddess. She was so wise that uh, nothing could be hidden from her. And we thought that that was very well uh, suitable for our, our tool. So what we provide is, um, is a digital tool, a kind of service consisting of evidence-based procedures or guidelines, something in between. Um, it's about 400 procedures at the time, uh, and we continuously uh, develop and update this. So we work both with technology and as well as content. Um, yeah. Also, this program has some uh, knowledge tests and, and knowledge summaries based on the best uh, research and evidence and um, best practice. Thank you, Anne-Christine. And uh, then I jump directly to you, uh, Jeffrey. Is it okay? I, I think you indicated that I could call you Jeff. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah thanks. You are director of uh, future health systems in Singapore General Hospital, and your field of expertise is artificial intelligence, innovation, and technology. And so, in that respect, you are really a prime guest uh, in this uh, episode of our podcast. But can you give us uh, a brief introduction to what you do at Singapore General Hospital? So um, basically, uh, as you shared, and thanks for the introduction. Uh, so what, what I do over at Singapore General Hospital is really uh, looking at how we can transform um, patient experience uh, as well as uh, improving the enterprise efficiency and effectiveness um, through organization excellence. So, uh, in, I mean, we, we, of course, we know that uh, in order to do so, uh, technologies are our enablers, uh, but the core is really to understand um, 
what our patients really want from us and design processes that really, uh, you know, deliver that outcomes uh, and experience to the patients. And therefore, uh, you know, then thinking through what sort of uh, technology enablers we can weave into the care processes uh, to basically improve outcomes and experience. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, I will go to you, Paul, um, because uh, NBOS is uh, seeking to sort of um, strengthen the bonds between Singapore and Norway. It was one of our missions. And uh, I think you do that very, very well because you are systematically uh, connecting um, uh, where Singapore is looking to improve their services and where Norway might have some solutions on offer. Can you start telling us a little on how you work generally with this? Um, well, we try to have a fairly similar approach, I would say, within the various kinds of verticals that we are working with. Um, what we do is essentially that we um, try to map typical challenges or problem statements, big issues that uh, stakeholders are working with, um, say here in Singapore within the hospital sector, healthcare sector. Uh, and then we turn around and we look um, in Norway, essentially, who have who has solutions to those challenges. Then we try to make them meet. This is uh, pretty much the way we try to work. And it's, um, it's a privilege, I think, to do that here. Um, because in Singapore, uh, stakeholders are very, very meticulous and very, very structured, well-structured in the way they approach problems. And uh, that is a, it's a, it's a privilege to work with that. Yeah, and uh, and I think we'll just go more specific now into the, the health sector, health tech, because um, of course we are in the midst of a, of a big crisis, uh, COVID-19, and we will come more into that later. But I think, uh, Paul, on um, uh, last week you hosted uh, uh, a pitching session where you specifically looked into uh, to, um, health solutions. Can you uh, tell us a little about that and then maybe pass the torch on to, uh, to our uh, participants in the panel here? Uh, sure. I think um, essentially, as you say and pointed out, uh, there is obviously a situation that has arisen uh, over the past few months that have sort of made new demands of the hospital and healthcare sector. Uh, both in Norway and around the world. And so to find a good solution to those challenges uh, is imperative. And it's also, uh, of time is of the essence, obviously, um, because this pandemic is ongoing and it's, it's, um, it's critical. So what we've done is essentially to talk to our partners here in Singapore, uh, Singapore General Hospital with Jeffrey, and also with other stakeholders to hear what are the biggest challenges that they are facing uh, during this pandemic. And then essentially we've uh, talked to uh, our Nordic counterparts in Norway, uh, because this is a Nordic, this is a, was a Nordic webinar uh, that we did together with Nordic Innovation House. Uh, we we um, identified uh, stakeholders in, in the Nordics with solutions that were suitable. And then we set up a webinar for invited guests to attend. I'll just jump there because I get curious, Jeff, uh, from what Paul is saying. What are the, the biggest issue that you see? What, what are you seeking solutions for? Um, so, I mean, in, in relation to COVID-19, uh, and as we all probably are aware of, COVID-19 uh, puts a great deal of stress on the healthcare system 
So at, at the very start in, in January and February, um, the, the health system is really grappling with um, a, a big shortage of resources, be it um, PPE uh, or it could be even uh, you know, our healthcare capacity resource. So that's quite critical. And, and I think the management of uh, um, COVID-19 also you know, uh, points to areas like uh, staff training, uh, retraining because uh, uh, staff might not be very uh, conversant with uh, some of the processes in a disease outbreak environment. So the, the ability to you know flex to this mode of operation uh, requires a, a great deal of uh, competency, uh, refreshment, and reskilling. And and of course, I think this is being quite long drawn. Uh, I guess another uh, big part of challenge is really on the staff. Uh, resilience and their outlook, you know, it's, it's really exhausting, uh, you know, managing this day in, day out, you know, without a break. So I guess staff burnout, um, the stress on the staff is, is quite a key thing. Uh, and of course, last but not least, uh, uh, I think it actually opens a, a Pandora box of many possible innovations uh, that could arise from this uh, uh, crisis as well, because it got us to figure uh, many points of uh, uh, interventions, really. We, we rethink uh, the way we do certain things and, uh, and and we try to leverage on technology to actually help us uh, do some of the things that uh, we weren't uh, using technology to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, super. And Christine, what kind of solutions are you bringing to the table? Well, uh, I think that, that we bring bring in exactly the core of what nurses need in a situation like this, in a crisis like, like COVID-19. And uh, you, Jeff, talked about the stress um, and the staff shortage and, and being feeling secure and safe in a situation like that for nurses is very important. Uh, it's a threatening situation in many ways. Um, the procedures that nurses perform in this situation is not so different from what they actually do in everyday life. And um, what we bring in is uh, evidence-based procedures. So you know that what you're doing is the right thing. Um, and you know also why you're doing this, because we explain that quite, um, provide that in an easy way in our tool. So we kind of make a bridge between uh, research and practice as well as education and practice. Um, so, so, um, so what we learned in school like 20, 30 years ago in, in nursing education is not any longer the truth today and how to keep updated. That's, that's quite difficult in a stressful, um, busy everyday life at, at work. So uh, instead of Instead of having to go into depth into research, now we bring it into the floor to everyone to understand and use. Um, so VAR is actually used in, 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 in nursing education in the Scandinavian countries, um, in all bachelor education for nurses. So they learn it in school and they, they also see the same practice when they get out there because this is more or less a gold standard and the national um, uh, uh, system. Um, so, so for me, it's it's about uh, using a tool like this both in practice in everyday life. Don't have to disturb each other. If you if you're in uncertain, you just go quickly into the system, find what you're after, and then continue working. Um, 
before you had to ask the best nurse at the at, at your uh, at your unit, um, the one who was eldest and worked there for a long time. But that's not necessarily the best practice. Um, so in a way, we we ensure and make nurses more secure because they have a tool at hand. Because you can have it at, at, at on iPads and on mobile phones, on computers, so it's available wherever you are. Yeah, Paul, um, do you feel successful as a matchmaker here between uh, <laughs> Singapore and Norway? I'm not, the, I'm not the right person to ask that question. You know, you have to talk to the other guys. Yeah, but um, if I may, I think that you often hear that that Norway and Singapore essentially are very similar in many respects. And um, we have the same population size. We have uh, quite a high living standards, um, high degree of, of sort of technological know-how. Um, we also have some of the same um, kinds of, of uh, chronic and lifestyle diseases, such as diabetes and stroke and so on. And, and sort of despite the big difference in the size of the two countries, uh, there is a big focus on long distance consultations diagnosis and treatment and so on. And in Norway, the population is sort of spread out uh, all over the country. And so people cannot get access to healthcare easily. And that's why we need those kinds of solutions in Norway. Whereas in Singapore, there are a lot of people coming into the hospitals for consultations, clogging the system in effect. And that is obviously a problem. You sort of reducing the capacity and efficiency of, of the hospitals. So we are actually pursuing some of the same technologies, uh, even though for different reasons. And so I think that, in addition to obviously what uh, Anne Christine is mentioning with regards to finding good databases for best treatment methods that is that are sort of updated on a regular basis, I think there are a lot of, of similarities. Uh, to with regards to the problem statements, the challenges that we're facing, and so on, and I think therefore it is an interesting area to work between uh, Norway and Singapore in in health tech. And we haven't done it for that long. We've only done it for one and a half years, but I think it's a, it's a very very uh, promising area. Yeah, just jump in here and, and don't uh, let me be a. Uh, uh, um breaking the party um i'm just curious because this this term health tech um of course i know what health is and and uh, a little bit of insight in tech also very little but uh, jeff you have this as a, as a general responsibility can you just enlighten us a little on what what the term is uh, how does artificial intelligence play a part here um, yeah, just give us a few examples. Um, so, so I guess really uh, health tech uh, general refers to how we make use of uh, technology to perhaps uh, uh, smoothen uh, some of the processes, uh, bridge some of the, uh, the, the gaps in uh, manual processes that we have today, uh, not just to improve um, uh, productivity by the staff, but also to pre uh, provide a, a better experience to the user, in this case, our patients. So, so perhaps uh, an example of uh, technology, um, uh, a digital technology that uh, patients can use is something that we developed here in SingHealth uh, called a, a digital application called MyVisit. So, so MyVisit is actually a digital concierge to uh, 
the, the patient. So basically, a patient, uh, you know, can access his or appointments uh, via this uh, my visit and able to do remote registration to the consultation via the application, and then they will be able to see their their queue uh, queue number on this application, and so when they uh, before they even come to see the doctor, uh, they will get prompted to fill in some of the questionnaires. So that helps to uh, improve the focus of the consultation so that the doctors know uh, what to look out for, uh, if there's any problems or any questions that's answered in a certain ways uh, by the patient. And when they come for the uh, consultation itself, uh, they don't need to check in at the counter anymore. Uh, they just go straight for their consultation or, or do some you know, blood draws if necessary. And after the consultation, the doctor can actually pop on uh, a, a consultation summary back into the patient's health record. And the patient can actually view the consultation summary through this digital My Visit application. And the doctor can also push out uh, things like uh, education materials, like videos, uh, uh, educational pamphlets, uh, back to the patients via the My Visit app. And the patients can also put in feedback pay through the ad as well and, uh, and on some of these business processes. So it's a combination of care as well as uh, administrative processes uh, morph into one. And, and this is one of the uh, uh, most recent exciting project that we are doing over at Sling Health uh, called My Visit. And, and artificial intelligence on the other side uh, would be something uh, um, probably quite broad. So as, as the term AI, it, it basically means about looking at data. As we know, data is the new oil uh, you know, today. And, and basically, by using lots of data to, to make uh, predictive analysis of uh, things that could be happening uh, today, and then try to do some projection, or some of the data can be used to do some what we call machine learning as well. So uh, it could be image recognition, it could be natural language uh, processing and things like that. So uh, by just ingesting phenomenal amount of data and then putting in some logics and algorithm, uh, you know, the system will be able to spew up something uh, that will be uh, actionable by patient or by the care team, uh, therefore making the process a lot Yeah, I just wanted to, to follow up on that because I think big data or data, if you like, is being aggregated and it gives us a lot of insight into how you maintain uh, technology, how you can predict uh, when it will break down or when its lifetime is over, and uh, the way patients behave or, or you know. Uh, so I think uh, the issue of, of aggregating this data is obviously of, of uh, very big importance, and, and you call it the new oil. I, I think you're, you're absolutely right about that. And, and I think in Norway, we have historically had very big patient data uh, registries, and it's also been one of the advantages uh, in sort of uh, progressing this health tech industry because we have so many data that they can use. But um, one of the issues coming up with this is obviously uh, this, you know, the aspect of cybersecurity because these are not only data about the ship that is traveling around the world; it's, it's actually quite private data. And so, how are you how are you working with with securing data and, and making sure that you know? Uh, they are safe. Uh, so, so on our end, uh, what we uh, try to uh, you know provide a safe environment in the management of data is really to uh, uh, 
look at access to data, that's important. And then secondly, uh, looking at de-identifying data. So before we release data to uh, uh, our, our collaboration, uh, collaboration partners and, and, and even to some of our staff working in the environment, I think very important questions to ask is, do you need to know sensitive information like uh, personal data and things like that uh, in relation to the patient record? And if you have no business to uh, require such information, uh, we make sure that the staff deals with de-identified data. And, and, and that is a very important principle as we uh, you know, uh, work with many of our partners uh, that requires data as well. Yeah, I'll just jump in and and um, and ask also maybe directed to you, uh, Christine. Um, uh, in the technology um, development, it is as Paul say very important with cybersecurity. But the other aspect I'm wondering about is sort of the the warmth or the 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 the, um, the feeling the patient have of being taken care of. Is that uh, taken care of in this? Uh... Uh, also the focus of VA is, of course, we describe procedure, but we, we build it up based on that it's not only techno tech a technical um, competence or technical action that you do when you, when you perform procedures. So we try to uh, ensure that the ethical part is included, as well as patient experiences as part of the knowledge, and so on. So this is focusing on the nurses to, go, to do a good job as nurses uh, as well. So in a way, we build up a system the other way. Uh, we don't have any patient data within our system, but we provide evidence that can be used in, for example, um, electronic patient record system to ensure that nurses can focus more on the, uh, on the collaboration and communication and treatment of the patient because they don't have to use so much energy on finding out whether they're doing a good job technical-wise because that's that's secured and, and supported through our system. Uh, and I think that is a, that is the core actually to to help nurses to 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 don't think about technology. It's just a tool that you use. It's there, and you know why you're doing what you're doing, and then you can focus on the nurses. So the theoretical foundation of, of um, clinical decision support tool, which I want to call our system, is, um, is to have it uh, founded on good theories uh, so that you know it's a stable and good, safe and sound system. And that's what we have been doing. So nursing theories are, are actually the foundation in our system. And one of the elements is a pedagogical uh, model uh, looking at what describes a good um, performance of, of procedure and treatment in nursing care. And we have all those elements of what, what describes this as good. Um, so, so um, but, but it's an important and interesting question because I don't think that nurses should or will uh, lose the sight of the warmth and the, the, the treatment and care for the patient. I may jump in here um, to end this uh, question on touch versus tech. So I have two examples in, in our inpatient nursing environment that uh, touch is absolutely not being taken away when we bring in tech. So, so in, in the past, the nurses in the wards had to do a lot of parameters taking. So it could be as frequent as hourly to two hourly to four hourly, six hourly. And you know, as they push the machines to take BP, take house, take heart rate and things like that, 
there's a lot of time spent on that interface of doing the measurement as well as documenting. So when we introduce a, a technology called a, a, a biosensor that we paste a patch on the patient's chest, and it automatically takes in the vital signs from the patients, and these vitals are automatically uh, uh, transcribed into the electronic medical record. So the effort of the nurse needing to go from bed to bed, you know, uh, the action of doing all these things is is removed, and and the patient, the nurses actually have more time to focus on on taking care of the patients, and and this is also about another technology that we roll into the uh, inpatient environment, which is an application called MyCare app. So in the past, if the patient were to request for oh I want an extra blanket or I want a hot drink, uh, they will buzz the nurse with the call bell. And the nurse will come to the patient and ask, oh, uh, what do you want? And, and the nurse have to go back to the pantry and, and, and pick up what they want. So with the MyCare app, the, the patients directly request what they want. So the nurse comes with the item that they needed right to the bedside at the first time instead of doing a double trip. So all these technology, if we design it correctly around the, the patient's processes and needs, uh, they actually have the touch and the experience uh, a lot more uh, better and improved. Hmm. Exactly. I, I want to elaborate on that and go back to what we're talking about data because um, uh, this is this is so true. Um, most of the research and most of the basics for um, technology has been focusing, of course, in the medical field. But think about how much data the nurses are um, are building up and documenting each day. And this data could be used for research, really important research about exactly the patient focus. However, we need good data to be able to use this for something um, that, that would support us and would be evident uh, for our practices. So that's where we come in with, uh, with our tool with we need the knowledge. We have to work knowledge-based, evidence-based in practice. And when we connect this data with for example, an electronic patient record system, then you have good data into the system and then you can also have the data out of the system to really say, well, what is working or what we're doing? Is this intervention actually good? Should it be changed? Should we put in some more research to, to develop it further? So we bring in kind of the basic to ensure quality of data. So it can be used for further development of technology and of research. Um, and I think this is, um, what do you call it, a gold mine <laughs> for, for yes, the further I think I think what they say is, um, is absolutely right. As I mentioned before, this is a development that we see in many industries, uh, the digitalization of, of the industries and the, and the utilization of data. Uh, so I think this is an area that we will see a lot of focus going forward. Um, I just wanted to ask, we can edit this a little bit uh, afterwards. I just wanted to ask one question that I think should maybe come a little bit earlier. Um, so I, I um, wanted to to, um, to ask you, Jeffrey, about one thing. In, in 2012, uh, the government launched the Healthcare 2020 Master Plan, um, in which they sort of listed several measures to increase the accessibility, affordability, and quality of healthcare in Singapore. Um, increasing the capacity and expanding the manpower are areas mentioned in this plan. Uh, and in addition to a larger integration of healthcare services through the regional healthcare systems. 
Uh, we are now in 2020. Where do you stand today? Where do we stand? <laughs> That's a good question. I think um, in, in, uh, back in the uh, you know, uh, 2012, where we set up to look at uh, you know, accessibility, uh, quality, value, uh, I, I think we have come a long way. We, we started to uh, you know, pay more attention to uh, how we are performing as a health system. So uh, we started to look at uh, tracking and measuring uh, how we are delivering care today, I guess more effectively. Uh, I think this is fairly evident from the healthcare performance uh, scorecard that uh, the Ministry of Health is uh, measuring uh, for the public hospitals in Singapore. And I think over the years, uh, we certainly have uh, uh, made tremendous improvement in, in uh, some of the areas. Um, maybe if I could use an example in, in uh, uh, Singapore General Hospital, um, like our healthcare-associated uh, infection for, for MRSA has come down uh, by you know, leaps and bounds in the last eight to 10 years uh, here in SGH. So, uh, and in terms of uh, access to care, in terms of uh, new appointments, waiting time, and, and, and because of measures uh, we put in place, uh, care you know, is basically more accessible to our people. And, and, and that also is an area that we have seen a, a significant improvement as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just another question also about the Singapore General Hospital is um, the largest hospital in Singapore. Uh, and sort of part of the SingHealth healthcare group. Um, and in many respects, you've been the heart and center of the COVID-19 uh, response in Singapore. Uh, and we are now in the fifth month. Um, when did you realize that this epidemic was indeed a pandemic uh, and uh, that it would hit Singapore? And how did you prepare for what was coming? Oh, how do we know this is the pandemic? I mean, um... I believe in any healthcare system uh, uh, in, in, in the world or even in Singapore, uh, we have a, a preparedness and response team in the hospital. And, and basically in peak time, um, we, we prepare a lot of uh, response plans to uh, disease outbreak, to civil emergency, to business continuity uh, as such. So, um, so when, uh, you know, COVID happened, uh, if I could remember, it was our first case uh, detected by Singapore General Hospital on the 23rd of January. Uh, we kind of sprung into action and, and started to launch uh, all our response plans in relation to disease outbreak. And, and, and basically, that, that transformation and swing into a disease outbreak mode was uh, exceptionally fast. And, and basically, all hands on deck and, and, and the hospital uh, operations has just swung, you know, uh, overnight 180 degrees to a, a, a kind of a pandemic ready mode. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, the mantra of this department: uh, uh, in peace we prepare for a crisis, and in, in crisis we we aim to restore peace. Actually, yeah, yeah. Good way of it. Yeah. Oh, Christine, I think uh, how how is uh, when you hear Jeff talk about the pandemic uh, here in Singapore? What are your reflections? How uh, how has it been back in Norway? 
Yeah, well, well, of course, we heard about the, the COVID-19 uh, starting out in China, and, and we were thinking this this was kind of a Chinese example, what we've seen before and with other diseases. But we were a bit surprised that it came so fast in Norway as well. So I think in March was the beginning. Um, and and the question was, what would we do? And what, what is the importance of our system? So. How can we support uh, hospitals and nurses out there? But the core of, of care, uh, first and foremost, has been to have control over the hygiene. So hygiene is is uh, is the foundation of every procedure, actually, in nursing care. So in our system, we have that very well. Um, but we really saw an, um, questions from nurses out in clinical practice. They needed more exercise, and they needed... Um, uh, sorry about this. Uh, they 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 really realized the importance of these foundational procedures. How important they are. So you take it as a you don't think so much about it in everyday life because you just do it. Not necessarily do it right or good, but you do it. Uh, but then you have a special focus on it when it really really matters. Um, and in a way, it really matters in everyday life as well, because we have lots of infections and we have hospital-based infections and so on, which is the most serious ones in, in, in our countries, in the Scandinavian countries, because that points back to the to the hospitals and to the, to the care providers, how important that is. So, uh, well, um, and I think that Norway did well, uh, very strict and had had plans, but maybe not so good. They managed to take it um, take it very well. Um, but I've seen a lot of nurses who have struggled, become unsure whether they have a good practice or not, and they had to go several rounds in doing uh, reteaching, uh, strengthening skills, and, and keep their heads calm <laughs> in this situation. Hmm. Yeah, we have to uh, go into roundup very soon, but I would uh, like to ask you, of course, we are now still in the midst of this uh, pandemic, but uh, do you think you can try to, to, to tell us what the main learning points would be? What would we carry with us to the, to the next time that we are challenged? Jeff, can I start with you? Um, I, I really feel my, my reflections on, on this COVID-19 uh, really for the workforce uh, is probably about two things. Uh, I think also quite related to uh, Christine's uh, uh, learning platform. I, I think learnability and resilience uh, are very important. And, and I, I think uh, the COVID-19 uh, really teaches us to, to learn possibly new things unlearn some old things and possibly relearn uh, some things again as well. So, so the learnability uh, aspects from this uh, COVID-19 uh, is tremendous in, in many areas. And I guess secondly, uh, it is really a lot about resilience, uh, the ability to, for us to bounce back, you know, uh, when we face certain obstacles or even when we, come across a failure in doing some things and, and stuff like that. Or even trying to show, show, soldier through uh, a, a very tough period and challenging period like now. So, so I think my, my personal reflections will be pretty much on these. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, Christine, what are your reflections? What is the learning points from this? 
Yeah, the, I think that the core of what we are doing actually in healthcare, that is knowledge. And the knowledge is the anchor of everything. Um, so having a focus on knowledge all year round is important to handle situations like this, the critical situations. And also not only having the knowledge, but having the support in the everyday life and to try to, yeah, to, to give it to the nurses in their hands, to the healthcare providers in their hands, supporting them quickly because we don't have much time uh, when you are standing in these critical situations. So support, technology, knowledge is important. That's the foundation and the knowledge should be there on, in beforehand, but also uh, repeated in situations like this so we're sure that everybody knows what to do when. Yeah, thank you so much both to Anne-Christine Rotegård and to Jeffrey Gway. Really two brilliant minds from uh, one from Singapore and one from Norway and I'll just give the word to you Paul to give some final reflections of uh, what we have heard today. Uh, well, I, I think, you know, they, they've summed it up quite well. Uh, I believe that um, the knowledge, as being mentioned by both, is, is of course paramount here. We've seen that the information we have about the pandemic, about um, the symptoms, about how to treat it and so on, has changed over the months. Uh, the information needs to be collected. That data needs to be disseminated in, a, in, a, in an efficient manner to healthcare workers all over the world so that people can access to the latest information uh, very quickly. So that's, that's true. That's very important. It goes together with what we said before with data. The data collection is paramount. But I also think another aspect that is maybe not uh, immediately uh, clear is that increasing capacity and increasing efficiency in general will also help us cope. So increasing efficiency in the way we do our business and conduct our business is, is in general, is also helping us being able to, to, to sustain such a shock, external shock that this has been to the system. So there is that too, I think I would also maybe mention in addition to what has already been said. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks again to Anne-Christine Rotegård, manager of VAR, VAR Healthcare, Jeffrey Gway, uh, director of Future Health Systems at Singapore General Hospital, and to Mr. Paul Kostman, director of Singapore uh, Innovation Norway, Singapore. Follow us on enbas.org.sg for our next exciting educational events. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Enbus Talks, a podcast from the Norwegian Business Association in Singapore, with your host, Anders Hegre. This episode was produced by Linda Hesselberg. To find out more, go to enbus.org.sg and join us for our next podcast shortly. Thank you for listening. Norway means business.